0: The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith Hill, that's who we are. Jesus. Someone, someone shout I'm a kingdom financier. Someone shout, I send missionaries to the world. Amen. That's what God is positioning you for, to send missionaries to the world. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, nam Slanje, I'll learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. You ready? Well, we started a series uh, about uh, seven weeks ago talking about what I like to call the born identity or better known as the born again identity. Amen. Amen. And uh, on this journey, we were looking at uh, the redemptive names of Jesus. We know that in Exodus 3, as God was getting ready to redeem uh, the children of Israel from uh, uh, slavery, uh, which essentially, that's what we were before we got born again. You know, Scripture says that we were slaves to sin. That's in uh, Romans 5, 6, and 7. We were slaves to sin, and now we are free, and we are now slaves to righteousness. Amen. And so as God was getting ready to deliver the children of Israel, uh, he revealed himself to Moses as the great I am. You remember the story? He said, I am that I am. When you go to Pharaoh, tell him, I am, uh, send me. He didn't say I was. He didn't say I will be. He said, I am. Why? Because he's our present help in times of need. Amen. Uh, he, he, he He comes right on time. And so Jesus uh, uses the same name in the book of John about seven times. He calls himself, I am, and we know that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the door of the sheep. He said, I am the good shepherd. Uh, He said, I am the true vine. Uh, Last week, we learned that Jesus uh, had also said, I am the resurrection and the life. And today we're going to be looking at Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so last week, when we looked at the story of Jesus saying, I am uh, the resurrection and the life, in John chapter number 11, you remember the story? I mean, Lazarus had been dead how many days? Four days. I mean, dude had been dead. The uncles had given their speech. The aunties had cried. Everybody had had closure. They went and threw him in the tomb and rolled a stone and closed that thing. Amen. Dude was dead, deader than dead. After four days, I mean, there's no hope, right? And so Jesus shows up and he says, roll the stone away. What did Martha say? He's already been dead four days. By now, he smells. And Jesus said, roll that thing away. Why? Because when Jesus shows up as the resurrection and the life, he has the power to bring dead things back to life. Amen. And we said, some of you have had dreams thrown in the tomb by circumstances. Uh, some of you by, you know, COVID-19, through that thing in the tomb, has been dead six months. I came to tell you that Jesus can bring that thing back to life. It doesn't matter how dead it's been. He can bring it back to life. Can I get an amen? Some of you have had health challenges where the doctors told you uh, there are certain organs in your body that are dead. They're not functioning like they, they, they should. Well, I came to tell you that Jesus, who is the resurrection and life, can bring that thing back to life. It doesn't matter how long it's been not been functioning at the level that he created it to function in a moment. Someone say in a moment. Amen. Jesus can bring it back to life. And so he got to the tomb. Lazarus, come forth. What happened? Lazarus came forth. A three-word prayer. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was raised from the dead. Because the power, the virtue in prayer is never in the multitude of words. The virtue in prayer is in your faith, believing that God can do what he says he will do. In fact, when Jesus, before he called Lazarus forth, he said, Lord, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you always hear me. And he went on to say, I'm just praying for these doubters and prognosticators so they can hear that I'm praying. But I'm not praying to try and convince you. See, prayer is not an attempt To try and convince God to act on your behalf when he's disinterested. Prayer is just joining with what God is already doing on your behalf. Amen. 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 When you realize that, man, you cut that puppy short. (laughs) But when you don't know that, man, you're trying to convince God. God, have you heard? Do you even realize, Father? This thing is bad, Lord. Look at what the doctor said. Because you don't realize God has already gone ahead of you. And he has already provided the solution. And so Jesus brought the resurrection. Someone say resurrection. Resurrection. Which is the power to bring dead things back to life. And then we went over there in the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 37. And uh, we told a story of Ezekiel being translated into a valley. And scripture tells us that that valley was full. Someone say full. I mean, it was full of dry bones. And Scripture is very sure to mention that these bones were very many and they were very dry. A situation of total hopelessness and impossibility. Can't be turned around in the natural. But with God, who has the resurrection and the life, before the story was over with, we are told that Ezekiel was surrounded by an army full of strength and vigor. Why? Because there is resurrection and there is life. Amen? And so as we uh, get into today's session, you know, we're going to be looking at Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There are a few scriptures that we couldn't visit last week that we're going to visit revisit uh, quickly and we wrap up. Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life and how that imparts you i want you to notice all these names redemptive names that we have read uh uh, impart something into your life they 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 release life there is a thread of life amongst all of them what does bread do it brings sustenance and it says i am the bread of life he who eats of this bread shall never hunger again what does light do light gives life on, on all the things on the earth photosynthesis yeah yeah yeah, yeah, y'all know anything about that. <laughs> but, uh, you need light, right? Oh man, I'm telling you, the pastor is deep. <laughs> photosynthesis. You need light, right? Am I on the money? Oh i yeah, yeah, I'm on the money, It's photosynthesis,. Yeah. <laughs> and so light, you need light for there to be. Life. And spiritually, you need the light that Jesus reflects or that he gives out so that it can be a reflection on your life. And what else? He said, I'm the door of the sheep. And if you read that story, he says when the sheep go through that door, they will find salvation. And what does salvation represent? It represents life. And if you go to where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he finds a good pasture for his sheep. And what does that give the sheep? Life. If you look at Jesus saying, I'm the true vine, the vine digs deep. The root system goes to find nutrients so that he can give life to the branches. So all of these redemptive names, Jesus is using different redemptive names to show us how much life is available for you and me. It's awesome. Amen. And so last week he said, I am. He didn't say, you know, I'm one of them. He said, I am with certainty. I am the resurrection and the life. And so, uh, uh, Jack, you want to come? You want to come up? I'm going to call a few people to come up. Pastor edge. you want to come up? Not this way you can come up too. Uh, let's get a variety going on in here. Who can I pick on? Okay, I, I, think, I think this is, this is great. This, this should be enough, right? All four of us. So I want you all guys to look at all four of us. Uh, and, you know, just from looking at the four of us, just tell me uh, our, our differences. Okay, don't bring up anything about hair. We already know that, okay? And don't bring anything about age, okay? I already know I'm old, okay? I'm the oldest of the bunch. But you know what? Actually, 40 in the preacher's world is young. I'm a young preacher. So I'm young, amen? Amen. Okay, okay. What differences do you see? Just, just, you know, just gender, right? We see one female and what? Three males. Yeah. This shouldn't be hard to tell. This shouldn't be hard to tell. One female and three males. But the world out there, boy, it's like, oh, one female and three males. It's that simple. What else do you see? What else do you see? Beard. Beard, Yeah, the beard. (laughs) beard. beard. What else? Anybody? Skin tone. I'm yellow bone. Okay, what else do we see? Dress. Dressing. Our clothes are all different. What else? What was that? Height. Jewelry. Jewelry, yes. Swag. Yeah, swag. We know. We know who got that. We know who got that. Yeah, it's between me and no it's It's, It's the finals. Okay, you guys can see it. I did that for a reason. I did that for a reason. Because in the natural, in the world out there, that's how they relate to people. The world out there relates to people on the basis of one thing and one thing only, the outside. And it's sad to say that many have translated from the world into the church, but they still relate to other people, uh, which is, you know, to some degree uh, tragic. But uh, the greater tragedy is when you start relating to yourself based solely on what you see in the mirror. Because you are way more than that. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, which is a powerful chapter altogether, right there at the beginning, verse 7, it says, We walk by faith and not by. And uh, furthermore, uh, 10 verses later, in verse 17, it says, If any man uh, be in Christ is a new creature, behold, all things have passed away and everything has become brand new. But before he said that, in verse 17, in verse 6, he said this. He said, Now that we have come into the kingdom of God, we do not regard any man based on the outside or based on the flesh. What does it say? 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 16. Let's go to 16. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. He says, therefore, from now on. Someone say, from now on. From now on. He says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Yeah. In other words, when you get translated from the world into the kingdom of God, we shouldn't relate to you based on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. This is why racism in the church is just dumb. Because yeah. we shouldn't even be looking at the outside to start with. Yeah. Can I get an Amen. This is why classism and a caste system in the church is dumb because we shouldn't even be looking at the outside. He says, don't regard any man according to the outside. Amen. Did you see that? Amen. Better yet, do not regard yourselves according to just the outside. Why? Because you're way more than that. Amen. Go with me to Galatians. Let me, let me show you some Galatians chapter number 3. So your outward realities are not your identity. You know what else could have been different about the people standing here? What we do in life. You know, I'm a pastor, and, uh, you know, Pastor Henry is a lawyer. Uh, uh, Nossozwe is in school. Uh, Jacques is an engineer. We all have different uh, assignments that we carry out in the earth. But how many of you know that none of those are part of my identity? I could stop pastoring. One thing that won't change is my true identity. I'm still a child of the Most High God. And so God never wanted us to relate with each other based on titles or what we do because that's not your true identity. God never meant for you to start relating with you based on what you do or what you have on the outside or what you have on your bank account because it's not a part of your true identity. Can I get an amen? Galatians 3, did I tell you the verse? Verse 26. Let's go to verse 26. He says, for you are all. Someone say all. all. This is your true identity. You are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. All of us. When we come before God, God doesn't see apostle, archbishop, pope, doctor. He sees us all as his children. And God is not a respecter of persons. God does not show favoritism. Even earthly parents, I mean, if you you want to trip your parents up, just tell, who's your favorite? Man, they'll say, no, I don't have a favorite. (laughs) You know why? Because we know a father, a mother can't have a favorite. And similarly with our heavenly father, that's why scripture says, God is not a respecter of persons. In other words, God does not show favoritism. He may have given us all different assignments, things to do, and those are just opportunities or responsibilities to serve. That's what pastor is. Full stop. It's not a title. It's just a responsibility. In fact, I tell young preachers, ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. That's what ministry is spelled. A lot of them think ministry is... Spelled P R E A C H. If I can preach, I'll do it. Until they actually step in and uh, God send them some of his kids. I told God the one time, I I told God one time, I said, Lord, pastoring would have been easier if it wasn't of your kids. Oh, Lord Jesus, help a brother out. Listen to what it says here. It says, for you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized, yesterday was baptism, into Christ, you have put on what? Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Did you read that? In other words, in Christ, there is no black or white. There is no Zulu or Tosa, yes, or oh, just a few Amens over here. <laughs> <laughs> there is no petty or vendor. Yes. Amen. 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 I said Amen. amen. He says they're not the Jew, uh, no Greek. There is neither bond nor free, because yeah. we're not looking at each other. We're not regarding each other on the basis of the outside. He says, there is neither male nor female. Did you read that? There is neither. Yeah, for the section of the church that say, should women be allowed to preach? I'm reading this one for y'all. There is neither male nor female. There are no female spirits. You know why? Because God wants everyone in sonship so that you can inherit something. There's neither female nor male. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. That word one is not talking about singular. He didn't say you are all one as in singular in Christ Jesus. He's saying you are all one as in the same. When you are in Christ Jesus. When we come into Christ Jesus, we all get the same identity. We are all identical. When you look at our spirits, if you could look at what I really am in my spirit, it's identical to who you really are. No one was shortchanged. You think of the most powerful man of God in the earth that ever existed. When it comes to the spirit that he received during his born-again experience, it's identical Molecule for molecule with your spirit. He just learned how to appreciate what you got. That's the only difference. He just looked in the mirror more often. The mirror of the word. And when he would look, he would find out, oh, I can do that. Oh, I got that too. Oh, wow. All we need to learn is to look in the mirror so we can find out who we really are. Now, when we start looking at who we really are, I'm gonna shock you. Go with me to Romans chapter number eight, verse eleven. In fact, before you go there, go to Mark sixteen, verse seventeen. Mark, I'm gonna show you who you really are. It's gonna surprise some of you. Listen to what it says in Mark sixteen, verse seventeen. It says, "Oh, and these signs shall follow them that do what? Any believers in the house?" or well, let me read the signs that are going to follow you just for being a believer and, 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 and being in the kingdom. He says, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Everybody in here can cast out devils. Someone shout, I'm an exorcist. I like doing that. I was sitting next to... I like, you know, messing with people with this verse. I was sitting next to this woman going to Chicago in the U.S. and uh, we started talking. She said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm an exorcist. You should have seen her face. She said, but on a second note, I have a cousin. Who may need, you know, some of your services. But here's the truth. When you come into the kingdom of God... Everybody can cast out devils. It's just a part of who you are. Did y'all see that? This is Jesus speaking about your true identity. He's saying you can cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Watch what else they can do. Next verse. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. If you get vaxxed, if you drink coffee, if you... Uh, what, else, what else do people do that can put poison in their body? Drink? Listen, there's a lot of things that we do. A lot of things that we do that could put poison in your body. You better believe this verse. Let me read it one more time. It says, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Some of you, man, I never drink anything deadly. Man... Listen, 24-7, 90% of the things you're putting, I bought seedless grapes the other day. And it was only after I finished eating that I started wondering, where did the seeds go? (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? And then I went to buy fruit the other day, and it says organic. And I, I started to wonder, so what's the other one? That, doesn't, that I've been eating all along. You see, you don't think about all these things, but when you start to read on the ingredients and the things that they put in the food you eat, man, you better have faith to believe what this Bible, the verse is saying. <laughs> in fact, you know, one of the engineers, we have, uh, Engineer Chris, yeah, he works for Rand Water you know, uh, it was a myth before, today you're going to leave and man, he's going to mess with you. He told me, I went to engineer Chris and we were having a chat, you know, during setup. I said, engineer, is it true that the water that I flush down the drain comes back as drinking water? <laughs> true story. Do you know what the engineer said? He said it's true. He said because we don't want to waste water, we can't get you know, we you know, we take it back, we process it, and we send it back to you. Someone shout, I believe. Mark 16, verse 18. With my whole heart. Man, you better believe this verse. True story. You can talk to the engineer. He told me. you know, he said, he said, we send it back to your taps as drinking water. Praise the Lord. Listen to this. Listen to how radical it gets about believers. He says believers, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Did you read that? He didn't say this is only reserved for the archbishops. This is just You get born again today, you should be able to lay hands on people and they get recovered. That's a part of your true identity. But see, the problem is we flirt too much with the outside. You know, when you're flirting with the outside, man, I'm not tall enough. And then when you flirt with the outside, man, I don't read my Bible enough. He never mentioned anything about that. He said, if you believe... Part of you being a believer is when you lay hands on the sick. There is a power, a virtue that flows out of you and the sick will get recovered. See, because what God is trying to do is God is trying to build an army of believers that can change the world. God is not trying to have one person with power and turn everyone else into a cheerleader. Which is what the church looks like today. You know, it's just the guy in the pulpit who can hands on the sick. Everybody else gets to say, yeah, and cheer the pastor. Give me a P, give me a P, give me a P. Give me an A, give me an A, give me an A. Give me an S, give me an S, give me an S, give me a T. Give me a T, give me a T. Give me an O, give me an O, give me an Give me an R. Give me an... uh, Pastor! God God never meant for the church to look that way. Or whatever you you fancy. Prophet! No, God has put the power in you. Let's read Romans chapter number 8 verse 11. Man, you are powerful. This is going to shock you. This verse is going to blow your little boat out of town. Romans 8, 11, Watch what it says. He says, but if the spirit of him, God, that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, which is the truth. The spirit of God that raised Jesus from the de- dead lives on the inside of every single one of you who are born again. He didn't say it visits when you pray hard enough. Did you see that? That word dwell uh, is a word picture for a, 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 a permanency of residence. He says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you. And then he goes on to say, If that so, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also Quicken your mortal bodies by a spirit that dwells in you. In other words, because you have this spirit, when you come into full realization of... I mean, this is one of the most powerful verses you can ever read about your true identity. When you realize that this is the truth, your body will begin to just self yield itself. Amen. The constant flow of life and resurrection life will fix every broken thing. It will quicken, make alive. Every single one of your cells, every single one of your tissues, every single one of your organs. But it has to be a reality to you. Someone shout the same, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. Therefore, it will quicken all my cells, all my tissues, all my organs. In Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. Man, just being aware of this reality. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's going on in your body. Just being aware of this reality and allowing your mind to be renewed to a point to where you know. Listen, this is the most powerful thing you can ever read in Scripture. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He came back to life, lives on the inside of you. If this hits you the way it hit me. You have no time for heartbreaks. How can you be heartbroken when you have this? It just doesn't make any sense. You have no time for low self-esteem. How can I lose sleep because someone didn't like me? Did you read what I've got? I've got the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If someone ignores me, that's all right. i got the big one. I've got the same spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. If you don't like me, tough. I'm good. I got the big one. Amen. And that same spirit will begin to infuse every cell. Every eye, every uh, 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 you know, uh, broken thing in your body, it will begin to quicken. It will quicken it. Every organ, you may have organs that are not functioning. Hey, you may have cancer cells trying to overwhelm the cells that are functioning well. Man, realize this truth and start to allow the resurrection life to go and destroy all the cancer cells. It will do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Bring, him, bring the cells back to life. just got to renew your mind to this truth amen. that this is who I am. Can I get an amen? And so we go to John chapter number 14. Man, we're going to wrap it up real quick, but I haven't even preached my sermon. He says in John 14 verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Think about it. God created the entire heaven and the earth in, uh, in seven days. Jesus He has been preparing a place for you for the last 2,000 years. It's got to be something to behold. It's going to be awesome. And he says, uh, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. uh, That where I am, there you may also be. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus he was staring the way right in the face. He just didn't know it. And he says in verse 6, Jesus said to him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." It's interesting that Jesus didn't say, "No one comes to God." Because God doesn't want a subject and deity Kind of relationship with you. He wants a father and son kind of relationship with you. That's why immediately when you step into the kingdom, he puts a spirit of adoption on you. Where you can now start calling him Abba, father. You can call God daddy. Now, that's radical for the religious world. How can you call God daddy? See, because when you say God is daddy, you're saying we're made from the same stuff. Yes, we are. One third of me, which is my spirit, is got the same resurrection life that raised Jesus from the dead. First John 4:17 says, As he is, so am I in this world. So I'm made of the same stuff. God is my father. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And the other reason he said we are going to father, you know, that word father in the Greek is pater because God wants to be these three things in your life. He wants to be your provider. Mm. You know, when you call God father, you're saying, God, you are my source. When you call God father, you're saying, God, you are my nourishment. When you call God father, you're saying, God, you are my protector. You are the one that protects me. Uh, A few weeks ago, Maybe last week, we had a break-in at our house, you know. We had a break-in, the thieves came on, came in, and I only found out about it the next day. I would have whipped them so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, you don't break into my, you know. And, and, but something miraculous happened because God is, the, is, is our protector. I don't know what, how God pulled it off, but he took them to the outside house. And so they thought that they could get into the outside house and then come into the main house, but they couldn't. They got into the outside house and ran into a wall. And then they left. And we didn't see them. I'm telling you, if they'd come into the big one, uh, you know, with the resurrection life on the inside, I probably would have done something, you know, to them. (laughs) I'm still looking for them, by the way. If you... And so, and so God, someone shout God, God. is my provider. my provider. In other words, if you lose your job, your business you know, uh, uh, starts not doing well, you, know, you, you shouldn't you know, be depressed about it if you still have God. Because your business wasn't your source. God is your source. If you still have God, you still have the goose that lays the golden eggs. And so people worry about these things because they don't realize uh, your job is just a channel by which God uses to provide for you. Your job is not your, your source. God is your source. Amen. Can I get an amen? Yes. And he's your nourishment. He's your provider. Man, these are awesome truths. To, to renew your mind with. Can I get an amen? And so at the beginning of that verse, before Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he gives them an instruction. They're coming into the most trying time of their lives, the disciples, and Jesus gives them an instruction. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, for Jesus to say that is because you have the control over your heart. The understood subject of this verse is you. Do, you shouldn't let your heart be troubled. And the reason he can say that is because he has given you enough ability to stop it from happening. Amen. Do not let your heart be troubled or do not be, uh, allow your heart to be fearful. Do not allow your heart to be uh, anxious and do not your, uh, allow your heart to be agitated. You know, uh, some people can't enjoy a good night's sleep because they have allowed their hearts to be troubled. Some people, you know, can't keep a good meal down because they've done it for so long. They've developed ulcers from allowing their hearts to be troubled. Yeah. So, you know, every time they eat something, it, they, they can't keep it down because of the stresses that they have allowed in their hearts. So Jesus gives us an instruction. And it's interesting as well that Jesus didn't say, I suggest for you not to. No, he gives it as a divine imperative. He says, do not do it. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. And how do you do that? You may ask. You do it by doing this. Believe in God and believe also in Jesus. And then he goes on to say, uh, uh, in my father's house, there are so many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. So Jesus is talking about heaven, right? Now, you may ask, what does I have to do with not allowing my heart to be troubled? Everything. You know why? Because Jesus wants you to focus on heaven. Heaven is a place of total victory. Wow. Nobody's seeking heaven. Hey. Nobody worried in heaven. And so he's saying, if you can keep your eyes on God, and if you can keep your eyes on heaven, you will stop your heart from being troubled. In fact, I'm so kingdom-focused... When, you know, challenges, problems get thrown my way all the time, constantly, uh, because, you know, of, of what I do, pastoring and many other things that we do uh, in our businesses and so on and so forth. So many challenges are thrown at us, uh, but how do I keep myself sane? I keep myself sane by focusing on, on heaven and, and, and eternity. This is the question that I always ask my, myself, and I encourage the guys to ask themselves this question. Will this matter in 300 years? And if the answer is no, it shouldn't matter today. Amen. Your perspective should be so heavenly, <laughs> just just like the apostle Paul, when they say, Hey, listen, you, you you're gonna you're gonna die next week. You should be able to say, like the Apostle Paul, for me to die is gain and to live is Christ. So you can't lose for winning. Because I'm still gonna win. Amen. If I go to heaven. <laughs> Awesome. If I stay here, awesome. Because I still am anticipating my mansion. It's interesting as well that Jesus didn't say, in my father's house there are many rooms. (laughs) Did you see that? He said in my father's house there are many? Mansions. God is extravagant in his preparation for a place where we are going. And the way to defeat the enemy, if you want to, like the Apostle Paul, be able to say, this is just but light affliction, keep your eyes focused on heaven. Believe in God. Learn how to have faith, not in your ability to get God to do His work, but in God's willingness, God's faithfulness to do what He says He will do. Let's close with this. Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14, verse 22 to 23. Let's show you how you can walk by faith in the midst of uh, the storms. We're going to wrap it up real quickly. Matthew chapter number 14, verse 22 to 32. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was contrary or against it. Shortly before uh, dawn, Jesus went out to them, Walking on the lake, so Jesus was walking on the very thing that was tormenting them. Did you see that? Let me say that one more time. Jesus was walking on the very thing that was tormenting them. Your problems right now, in light of Jesus, a piece of cake. I think it was uh, uh, I think it was Andrew Warlock. He was praying for this uh, lady. She had all kinds of things wrong with her. And uh, she began to spell them out to him. I mean, it was a bunch of them. And uh, he stopped him midway. He said, you know what? Healing, I mean, he started to feel overwhelmed while he, you know, she was giving him all this information. But then he thought about it. He said, I'm not the one doing the healing. And then he said this statement. He said, healing is a piece of cake for Jesus. Your problems are a piece of cake for Jesus. He came walking on the very thing That was tormenting them. When the disciples, verse 26, saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out for fear. But Jesus immediately said unto them, this is what you should always do. Take courage. The second thing you should do, know that Jesus is present with you. Remember, he said the same thing to Joshua in the book of Joshua in Old Testament. Be courageous. He's saying it again to us. Take courage. Amen. Be courageous. And the second thing, it is I. Jesus is with you all the time. The third thing, do not be afraid. Amen. And then Peter goes on to say, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. What did Jesus say? Come. His promises are always yes and <laughs> he'll never say no. You know, growing up, uh, preacher, get up. Hey, there are three answers to your prayer. No, no. Yes or maybe? Maybe. I mean, the maybe messed me up. Like if God himself, God Almighty, if he himself is not even sure, what chance do I have? (laughs) And so Peter then got out of the boat and what did he do? He walked on water. And so before we talk about something else that happened, I want you to realize that Peter actually walked on water. Now, I know a lot of people are quick to go and start criticizing Peter. But I want you, before we even talk about what's coming, I want you to realize that Peter actually did it. Scripture says Peter walked on water. He actually did something with the power of God. The person may have died, but Peter actually laid his hands on them. He did something. He may have failed, but they actually started a business. They actually did something with the word come. With the faith that they had on the inside of them. And so before you're quick to criticize, realize that it was only one out of 12 that actually stepped out of the boat and walked on water. And I want you to realize, if you're going to walk on water, you actually are going to have to get out of the boat. And leave the comfort of the average folk who like to hold it. I mean, it's way more comfortable, but I mean, I don't even know how comfortable it is because the boat is sinking anyway. But misery loves company. So we can all dance as long as all of us are sinking. We can all dance and sing kumbaya, kumbaya, and play the music while the boat is sinking. Peter said, you know what? If I'm going to sink, I may as well do it having fun. I was sinking anyway. I may as well do something radical. Man, I like Peter. He's a risk taker. Amen? The thing is sinking, I may as well walk on water. Let me do something else. And so Peter... Walked on water. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I had a question for Peter. Peter, why did you observe the wind? And it's the same question for you today. Because here's the deal. The reason you're walking on water is not because the conditions are perfect for walking on water. Without the word of God, the word of Jesus, Peter you couldn't have walked on water if it was sunny, blue sky in my back pool, backyard pool, Peter You couldn't have walked on water, even if the the water was as smooth as glass. So you walking on water had nothing to do with the outside external environment anyway. So why are you now paying attention to something that didn't even matter to start with? Your business doing well had nothing to do with the strength of the economy, child of God. It had nothing to do with the strength of the rand against the dollar. It had nothing to do with that. It had nothing to do with which political party is in power. It had everything to do with the word of God that you chose to believe. So now that the people you don't like have gotten into power, why are you all of a sudden, you know, uh, 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 phased? That don't matter? Because that's not the reason why I'm doing well. The reason I'm doing well is because I got a word from the Lord and I'm walking on that word. Hunt your neighbor and say, don't get distracted. Amen. Tell them the only, the only thing that matters is what God said to you. Said to you. Keep, your Keep your eyes on that. That's what he said. Amen. Amen. And when Peter cried out, what happened? Jesus immediately reached out and helped him. And he said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, this is awesome, because they actually had to walk back to the boat. And Jesus didn't ask the wind to quiet down before they actually got back. So they walked while the storm was still brewing. I mean, because to Jesus, it's irrelevant and immaterial what the storm is doing. We're going to walk this thing. We, I mean, we've we just taken a straw. And he walked all the way. You did think that Jesus would say, you know, before you walk, Peter, let me create a nice environment. No, the environment is in his word. And so a lot of people have been waiting. I'm talking to someone now. You've been waiting. You know, I was talking to a couple yesterday. I said, what you waiting? You see, if you're going to introduce your girlfriend to me, the next question we already know. (laughs) When are you getting married? Because I don't want anybody wasting any of my daughter's time in the church. So either you don't introduce. (laughs) By the time you introduce, I'm going to ask. So let me tell you up front, brothers, when are you going to get married to her? And he said, You know, I'm waiting for the environment, the storm to pipe down. I'm waiting. (laughs) Peter walked on the water while the storm was brewing. I have a verse for you. I came to tell, I came to (laughs) preach to somebody today. (laughs) Amen. But on the real, though. Some of you, God has called you to start a business. Some of you, God has called you uh, to go into missions, and you're waiting. You've been waiting for the storm to, to pipe down. Uh, it's the wrong approach. If God gave you the word, you get out of the boat. Amen? It's, it's, it's the safest place you can be is right at the center of God's will. Some of you, God has called you to places they haven't heard the gospel, dangerous places, you know, uh, to go and preach the gospel there. Some of you watching, God has called you to those places, and uh, you're waiting for for the government in those places to change their policy around church and preaching the gospel. It's the wrong approach. Uh, If God has called you to go to that nation and preach the gospel, he's going to protect you. He's going to give you His provision. Some of you, God has called you to go to a a different country and do amazing things there. Some of you, God has called you to uh, step out and uh, start businesses and things of that nature. And I'm telling you, don't don't wait for everything to to be perfect. Uh, Make sure you've heard from God. Make sure you've heard His voice. Uh, But don't wait until everything is perfect before you step out. When Jesus says, come, it's time to get up. And step out of the boat. Yeah, I heard that. Some of you, God is calling you to move cities, because <laughs> He has a work for you uh, in a different city. There's a city that you, uh, God has put in your heart, and uh, you know it's not gonna be glamorous to some of your friends and family members. It's gonna sound like uh, going backwards. But I came to tell you that God never takes anyone backwards. He moves us from one level of glory to another level of glory. Amen. I said amen. I was talking to uh, Ashley and Kali and uh, God was calling them to Colorado Springs. Now, Colorado Springs is not London. You know, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the rural areas of America. It's, it's different. You know, it's, it's, it's the real cowboys with cowboy boots. You know, it's with real cows. And I did Yeah, they 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 were leaving London to go to, uh, to to Springs. That's that's a big deal. I would leave London to go to New York. I'm you know, I'm a city boy and God knows that. So, you know. <laughs> we have a good deal going with the Lord. I ain't going to no Colorado, no Springs, nothing. <laughs> okay. I'm going to Los Angeles or San Diego, some Lord, you know, <laughs> send me. <laughs> and uh and they went there and and they've been the most fulfilled in a, in a rural area than they were in London. You know, one of the capital, economic, financial capitals of the world. Um, man, I'm telling you, this morning, the season we are in is a season of listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Whatever He has called you to do, He has providence for that. Amen. He'll provide for you. Amen? Amen? And so be open, receive that word, and step out in faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for every single one of your precious children under the sound of my voice. Lord, I just thank you uh, for your callings on their lives. Lord, I just thank you, those whom you have called to be marketplace leaders, business leaders. Lord, I just thank you right now that they're beginning to receive uh, clarity on the instruction, on that word come. And Lord, I thank you that uh, you've already made a provision. That is, they step out of the boat. They will indeed walk on water. They will indeed do it supernaturally. It's not going to be a work of the flesh. It's not going to be a work in the natural. Their next move is not going to be a move of the flesh. It's going to be a move of the spirit. And Lord, I just thank you. That as they move, they will supernaturally begin to experience your grace, your provision. The things that you have already laid down in this path. We just thank you, Father. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone say amen. amen. And we also want to pray for anyone who may be here. You have sickness, pain in your body. Man, we just want to touch and agree with you that this resurrection life on the inside of you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will begin to quicken every organ. Every organ. Whatever it is, some of you back aches, some of you, you need uh, a new set of eyes. You know, my wife got completely healed. You know, my eyes got completely healed. They don't... Uh, each anymore, they completely healed. God is healing for you. Amen. Whatever it is you can receive today i truly believe i'm touching and i listen we have enough power just in this room that god has already released he said believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover just like jumper cables meant when believers put their hands on you there is a flow of zoe life into your body so the laying on of hands it's not just something we do symbolically there is a literal flow of life into your body. And so I want to invite you, if you have pain and or sickness in your body, we're going to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Believers, I want you to look close to you, just go and put your hand on them. You don't have to pray, Just put your hand on them and begin to see virtue flow out of you, into that body. Begin to thank Him for it. Man, you're way more than powerful it's not just for the televangelists it's not just for the apostles it's for the believers it's for the believers life is flowing right now in the name of testimonies in the making right now in the name of jesus father we just thank you that your life is flowing your life is flowing lord we just thank you that this test is being turned into a testimony Thank you, Father, that there is a reversing that's happening right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are doing a work in their bodies that only you can do. This is not the work of man. This is the work of the Holy Ghost. And so, Father, we release life into these bodies and we declare and command them healed. Right now, in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that's what you do at home when your kids come up with the flu. You take your hands, go and look yourself in the mirror, and say, Mark 16, 17, and 18... I am a believer. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. And go take that hand and go put it on them and tell them, I'm praying for you. I'm laying my hands on you. It's going to recover. You're going to get better. And watch what God will do. God wants to flow through every single one of you. It's time to open the valve. Time to open the tap. Did that bless you? Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.